Okay, let's take our seats this morning. That's enough fellowship. That's enough catching up with everyone. That's good. Welcome to life this morning. Great to have you here. Pray that you uh, not just have a good meeting, but have a God encounter today, that God does something fresh in your life. Isn't that true? Let's pray as we come around the Word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And we ask and pray, Lord, that you would be with us in a special way right now. You're doing something. You're moving by your Spirit. And so, Father, we invite you again like we do every Sunday. Would you pray this prayer with me? Holy Spirit, I can't hear you. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear. Anoint my heart to receive. Anoint my eyes to see. I declare, I will leave different today because of what Jesus has done. Amen. Look at the person on your right and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> Can we, uh, first of all, put our hands together for the amazing crew here on the band today? Outstanding, outstanding. You guys can take a seat. And uh, Shanessa, you can play for a little bit longer. The only reason you're doing that is because your father requested that this morning. He said, can my daughter play just a little longer? I said, all right. When Peter came up to share about the men's prayer on a Saturday, what's he saying? Two things. We sense that God is up to something. Could those curtains be brought back too? God is up to something. Number two, and last week's sermon is, so we want to make room. And so by calling the men together on a Saturday morning, he's making room for God to move. And so I want to commend Peter too for um, just sensing that freshness in his spirit to say, hey, and the prompting, Pastor Mark, I'm calling the men together. I just sense God wants to do something. And I said, that's a God thing. Let's go with it. Let's run together and uh, have all the men just come out. If you can make one hour, it's a tight one hour. Come, pray, coffee, and uh, it'll be really good. Today, I want to continue a series I launched last Sunday. Sensing revival is in the air. And revival is simply awakening that which was asleep or bringing something back to life. And so often in our lives, we can be going along and working and walking and doing stuff with just with life. But the little things that we once embraced part of our life with God slip away. And it's not because we're evil. It's not because we're purposely trying to do it. It's just other things edge in. And as Dave said, his glasses, little, little things just get stuck on the glass. And so we, you wipe it away. And God's up to that right now. He's doing something fresh in our lives. And so uh, I preached for the first time in 112 days, since 112 days last Sunday. But God laid this series on my heart. 
So I'm not preaching, I'm preaching and teaching and unveiling to you what he's been sharing with me for over one month. And I hope and pray this message comes out today just as a a small way as good as he preached it to me. When the Holy Spirit preaches to you, you go, oh man, that was so good. So I hope and pray it comes out and uh, is delivered in a way that you'll start to see. Because what I want you to do, what I want to do is, I want to come alongside and share with you what God's been downloading to me so you can see what He's wanting to say so we can go in the same direction. Last week I preached from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 6, the Shunammite woman. She invited Elisha into her, her house. She'd opened up her home many times for different travelers as they came through. But this one was different. She turned to her husband. She said, husband, this man is different. She said, I discern. Say, I discern. I discern. I'm picking up. This man is different. Now, so much so that we must make room in our house so that next time he comes, he can stay. And the message is this. This is what God's telling me. He's saying, Mark, tell the people they're starting to discern this season is different. And because it's different, I want you to make room for me so I can come and stay. We heard about the room that she made. She put a chair and she put a table, she put a lamp and she put a bed. These are four things that as you make room, it will start to show you the table is a place of refreshment. The chair is a place of rest. The the bed is a place of revival and the lamp is a place of revelation. And when you open up your room and when you open up and make room in your life for God, some of the key indicators are going to be this. The first thing is you're going to start to feel refreshed. You're going to feel revived. You're going to feel rested. And you're going to receive revelation as you make room for God in your life. Other people are making room now. I was talking to people this week and they're saying, Pastor Mark, I'm starting to make room. And, and to make room means just a small thing. It doesn't have to be a large thing. You can be driving to work and you've never put on the, the worship CD in your car. You've always listened to the news, but you can put on a worship CD and just begin to worship. It's a small thing, but you're making room. You've never got in this morning and and read the Bible, but uh, you don't have to go and read 21 chapters. Read one verse. You're making room. That's all it means. God takes great delight in responding to small movements. 5,000 people there, we need to feed them. A little boy come up and said, listen, I've got a couple of fish. God said, I'll take that little and give it. Elijah said, I want something to eat. The woman said, all I've got is a little oil. Little things echo very loud in heaven. And so that was what we preached last week. Thank you, Shanessa. Part two of the download that I'm getting. So Elisha comes in 
Next time he visits, she says, oh, by the way, here's your meal. And by the way, there's your key. What's the key? Oh, by the way, we made a room. You made a room for me? I didn't ask you to make a room. Here's the key. Why did you make a room for me? Because we want you to stay and rest with us. He goes into the room and the table set out this fresh fruit and Gehazi, his servants with him and, and they're having a wonderful time. Then during this time in the room, something rises up within the prophet's heart and he says this to his servant, Gehazi, I want to bless this woman and we can pick this up and read this now. And he says, I want this woman to come to me and I want to bless her. And it says here, when the servant had called her, she stood in front of him. She stood in front of him. Elisha had told his servant, now say to her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. You've gone to all this trouble of making room. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak to the king or the commander of the armed forces? What he was saying here is, I have access to the commander of the armed forces, meaning this. I can fight some battles that would normally take you out. But if you make room for me, he will fight those battles for you. And he says, I've got access to the king. Meaning there are some dreams that some of you are carrying right now. You haven't got the strength, the capacity, or the resources to finance. He says, but as you make room for me, he will miraculously provide and make a way for these things to suddenly appear. So he said, what is it, woman? What is it that you have on your heart? What is your desire? Because I've got all the force backed up and I've got all the finances backed up. What is it? And she turns around and she says these words, I'm okay, I'm living with my family. Gehazi exits the room and she leaves the room. Elisha's not satisfied. Write this down because this is a critical key part of the, where we are in the timing of God. God is not satisfied right now. He wants to bless you. This is the heart of the message. He wants to come through and bless you. And he turns around to his servant again and he says, listen, there must be something we can do for her. And the heart of God right now for this church and the heart of God for you right now is there must be something I can do for Joel. There must be something I can do for Belinda. There must be something I can do for Michael. That's the heartbeat I'm picking up every time I get with God. The heartbeat of the Father is saying, Mark, I just want to bless you. He says, call her back again. This is where God arrested me one month ago. Elisha said to Gehazi, what can we do for her? She has no son and her husband is old, meaning he's way gone past the power to produce a child. All he's doing now is riding Harley Davidson's. It's all he does. 
call her back. For those that are new here, the pastor rides a Harley. That's call her back. This is where God arrested me. This time when she comes back, she didn't come and stand in front of him. She just stood at the doorway. This is where God got my attention. He said, Mark, I want to talk to you about the power of a doorway. Because a lot of people in this season of revival, a lot of people with what I'm about to do, won't come through the doorway. They will stay at the doorway. And she stood at the doorway. And then Elisha said, about this time next year, you will have a child and hold him in your arms. And the woman said, no, master, no man of God. Don't lie to me, your servant. Right now, this is the crux and the heart of what the Holy Spirit's been weighing on me. This woman comes and the first time she comes in and she's not expecting anything and so she walks boldly into the room and stands right up in front of the servant. Is there something I can do for you? Do you want me to serve you? And he says, no, is there something I can do for you? And she goes, no, there's nothing you can do for me. Then she goes. Not long after, she's called back again and she's thinking he's on this subject again. This prophet is not leaving this alone. He wants to call me back again and I know what's on his heart. He wants to bless me, but I'm telling you, I'm not putting my heart in that place again to be let down and be disappointed again. I trusted a word six years ago. I trusted a word 12 years ago. I trusted God two years ago and all it's got me is heartache and pain. I haven't seen an answer and I know he's going to call me back again. And so to protect and preserve myself and my position, I'm just going to stand at the door. This is my safety place. This is my security. Do you know I can come to church on a Sunday and stand in the doorway? I can come to church when there's praise and worship going on and the glory can fall and there's people over there getting touched and people over here getting touched and people over there getting touched, but not me. I'm not going past the doorway. I'll stand in church. I'll be here. I'll look the part. But I tell you what, I'm not committing myself. I like the doorway. It's much protection. Don't lie to me, she said. The message translation says this. It brings it right out. Call her in. Verse 15, the message said Elisha. He called her in. She stood at the open door and Elisha said to her, this time next year you're going to be nursing an infant. Listen to her words. She said, oh, holy man of God, don't play games with me, teasing me with such fantasies. Don't play games with my emotions again. 
I once had a hope for a child. I once had a dream for a child. Don't you know what I go through every time I go out in the market to buy you food? All the women all the time, how are you going? Have you had a child yet? Don't you know how many baby dedications I've gone to? Privately crying and privately caring. God, I want a child of my own. I've gone to 14 baby dedications. When's it going to be my time? Don't play with my emotions. Please don't go there, prophet. You can talk about anything, but don't go there. Don't you dare go there. I've made room for you. I sense God's on you. But don't meddle with issues that are very delicate to my heart. This is where God wants to land this message today. You see, Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope postponed grieves the heart. Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. And what this woman had gone through is what many of us go through over our life's journey. There are times we have a dream. There's times that God has touched us. There's a dream for us to do something and to be someone. And there's a dream we have for a marriage. And uh, we got married and the marriage just didn't turn out quite the way it should have. And uh, you've been struggling and praying and pressing through for your marriage to be restored and to come back to a life where you can enjoy it, not endure it. And uh, you've been in meetings, you've been in past meetings and you've said, yeah, that's the word of the Lord. I'm going to take that for my marriage and I'm going to put it in and six months later the marriage just gets worse and even me preaching today you're sitting there and you're going Pastor Mark you're touching on an area right now that means something to me God is wanting to come to you in this season and say to you he wants to bless you he wants to move on your marriage he wants to do something for you in this season but we take the posture at the doorway to protect us. Pushing through to believe for my marriage to change. I don't know, Pastor Mark. I think those days are gone. What about that partner you wanted to pray for and you believe there's going to be a partner coming to your life and you believe one day you're going to be married and this is a tough message to preach on Valentine's Day. It's a tough one because there's there's people here that love it. There's people here that celebrate it, but there's single girls here today. You're doing the best you can. And the longer it goes on. What about that healing for a family member? You've been believing for that healing for that member. What about that ministry? Are you saying right now, Pastor Mark, don't play games with me, teasing me with such fantasies. It reminds me of another father and a man in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham. And the Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And so here he and Sarai go off and there's no children, but God's going to bless them. He told them about this family, this promise he was going to do. So Abe steps out, goes with his wife. 
His nephew follows. The first year they go out, they're into problems. He's got to lie about his wife to protect himself. Genesis 13, he gets into more problems and more battles. Genesis 14, Lot's nephews and all the men rise up and they have battles there amongst themselves. And so they separate. And then we get to Genesis 15. And in Genesis 15, years later, 18 years later, we find this man who's supposed to be walking, walking towards the promised land. Now he's hidden. Now he's in a tent. And the angel of the Lord and God comes down and speaks to him and says, Abraham, I'm coming back to remind you. What are you doing? And he finds him and he says, uh, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid. I'll protect you and your reward will be great. Abraham sits there and he goes, My reward will be great. How dare you? How dare you have the audacity to raise this thing about a reward? I left my family for you. I left everyone for you. I stepped out on that promise. I stepped out on that word. All I've had is heartache and problems all this journey. Yes, you have blessed me. Yes, there have been numbers. But how dare you say, you are my great reward. How don't, don't go there, God. Don't. You can call me. You're my protector. You're, but don't you dare touch that subject. Abraham. And God says, verse 2, chapter 15, but Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? And since you have not given me any children, you, Elisha, Elisha of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. What's he saying? Don't worry about me anymore. Take me off your wish list. Take me off your blessing list. Take me off that. I, I've moved on. I've moved on, God. You, I, I hung around for five years to see you answer the prayer. I, I pushed through all the problems with Lot. I pushed through the problems here. But, uh, but God, let me give you a clue. I've gone and worked it all out myself. Thank you, but thank you. And he says this. He says, listen, since you have not given me a child, I've selected a servant in my house. I've watched him, a good young man, Eliezer. He's a good man. And I've already taken steps. I've taken plans. I've drawn it up. I've got the contracts. And it says here, he is going to inherit all my wealth. I don't have a son, remember? You've given me no descendants of my own. So one of my servants will be my heir. The high cost of compromise. There are people here today who have done that. We've done that. We've gone, oh God, since you've not moved here, the next best thing, since you've not moved here, the next best thing, since you've not moved here, as you said you would, the next best thing. 
I'm here to tell you today, God has not left me alone. He has hammered me in a good way, in a God way. And he said, I want you to the best of your ability to preach to your family. And you tell them, I am a God who is faithful. I am a God who can be trusted. I am a God who is, if I say my word shall come to pass, it shall come to pass. And Mark, I want you to remind them today that in this season, I want to bless them and bless that promise, that, that, that word over their life, that thing that they've been crying out for. And then he says, get out, took him outside, look up to the sky and the stars. And he says, that's how many descendants you're going to have. What he was saying is, Abraham, shift your focus, son. Don't keep focusing on me. I'm your problem. I've let you down. You've started to build strategies now for another man to take over. Shift your focus. Get back to the promise and start to see that and start to focus on that. Can the keyboard player come, please? So I'm here this morning to speak to people who have been carrying past promises, dreams, but have yet to taste and see and realized. There's been years of walking in faith. There's been years of fighting battles. There's been years of getting up again, again, and again. But slowly over time, settling into the posture of compromise. It's just easier. There's no more fight in me. It just makes sense to sit back. After this, the Lord comes again. Aren't you glad the Lord comes again? He comes again. What's he doing right now? He's coming again. He's coming again. And he comes in chapter 17, verse 16. Sarah, <clears throat> Abraham's wife, hasn't yet produced a child. And she had an Egyptian maid named Hagar, chapter 16. Sarah said to Abraham, Husband, your God has not seen fit to let me have a child. Go and sleep with my maid. Maybe I can get a family from her. This, this family were desperate. They were desperate. They were desperate. When disappointment comes in, one of the things that shifts first is our language. Naomi lost her husband, lost her two children, her sons. And on the way back, she says, call me Mara. Don't you dare call me Naomi. One of the first indicators of disappointment seeping in is the shift in our language. And she says, God has not seen fit to let me have a child, sleep with my maid. It's God's fault. We see after this, Hagar gives birth, gets pregnant, and has a child, and all that did was 
compound the problem and see, must be me. Other people are getting blessed. Other people, this person just walked in. I've been hanging out to, to be married for years and just this someone just walks in. It just happened and they're met and, and this one over here and that couple just got, you, you start looking and comparing and going, what about that? What about this? What about me? What about me? I love this. God comes again. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you, Abraham. You'll be the father of many nations. And by the way, your name will no longer be Abram. I want to change the way you're talking, Abram. I want to change your language because the doorway into your promise will be the eyesight will shift, but your language must shift too. And I'm changing your name now. What it did, Abram means father, nation, single. Abraham is nations. It's bigger. It's bigger than you realize. I'll make you the father of fathers. I'll make you nations. Kings, plural. Genesis 12 is all singular. King, nation, father. 17, chapter 17 is all plural. And God continues speaking to Abraham. And Sarai, your wife, don't call her Sarai any longer. Call her Sarah. I'll bless her. Yes, I'll give you a son by her. And how I'll bless her. Nations will come from her kings, plural, and nations will come. This is the season of I will. And he says, I'll bless her. I'll give you. I'll bless her. I'll do it. And God is reminding you and me today, it's all Him. Rest in Him. I want to encourage you today to discern the season we're in. And over the three weeks of our prayer and fasting, I'm going to speak the first week about fasting from food. The second week will be fasting from what we see, which is the social media. And the third week will be fasting from our language, our speech. I want to make room. I want to make room in our life for God to move. And I want you to start to declare that God is faithful. God has not forgotten me. God is a rewarder. And I want you to move past this doorway that so when the Holy Spirit's coming back again, He's calling you again. And like the first time you just walked straight up and stood in front of Him, you don't have to hesitantly get there and you're thinking, oh God, I know what He's going to ask me again. I know what He's going to ask me again. And you're nervous at the doorway and you're going, yes, prophet, what is it? This time next year, you're going to have a child. Don't play with my emotions. And God wants me as your shepherd to tell you today, God is not wanting to play with your emotions. He's wanting to remind you right now, if you believe Him, all things are possible. This is where He's coming in from. All things are possible. Just change your speech, change your focus. Call yourself Abraham. I'm Abraham. I'm a father of nations. Sarai, Sarah, mother of nations. Then God says these words to Abraham. While I read this out, remind yourself of what he said through the prophet Elisha to the Shunammite woman. 
And he comes to Abraham and he says, But I'll establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah I will give you this time next year. We're going to land on this because I'm going to have you step by faith. And this is the other thing the Lord told me. He said, son, I want you to tell them this. I want you them to declare and decree this time next year. This time next year. My marriage this time next year will be completely different. My ministry next time this year will be completely different. My uncle who I'm praying for, for a miracle this time next year, it will be completely different. And God hasn't let me go. He hasn't let me go. He said, son, I'm moving. And as you make room, I want to come in. And my, the number one passion of my posture is I want to bless the family. I want to bless them. And he said, but this particular area here, I want you to unpack because I don't want them standing at the door. I don't want them playing safe. I don't want them getting that posture of not committing. I don't want, oh, it's easy for me to back out or it's easy for me to go in. But God is saying, no, come past the doorway. Step in. Because this time, next year, Elisha said to the Shunammite woman, this time next year, this time next year I prophesy and decree over this church as the band comes this time next year this house will be different this time next year this church will be different this time next year the Filipino community will be different it will be big and growing this time next year this time next year this time say that with me this time next year this time next year this time next year Let's land this message now. Bring it home personally. Abraham's 94. God comes. One more. Chapter 18. God will keep coming. He will keep coming. He will keep coming. And the Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove, belonging to Memory. Where's Sarah, your wife? She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of the angels said, I will return this time next year and she will have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent opening just behind the angel. Abraham and Sarah were old by this time, very old. Sarah was far past the age of having babies. So Sarah, sitting in the tent, laughed to herself, and she said, Me? Get pregnant with this old guy? Give me a break. Now, I want to settle on that for a moment because you not, might not be wanting a baby, but there's a situation you're going through. You're taking that same posture. Pastor Mark, if you saw me 10 years ago, that could have been a chance, but not now. It's beyond. It's impossible. Well, God wants me to talk to the impossible today. He wants me to address the impossible today. Not me. He's stirring me. He's been on my case all week. God said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh at me having a baby? Is anything too hard for God? Here it comes again. I'll be back this time next 
put in your diaries right now. February 2022, put it in your diary right now, Peter. Put it in. You'll have new shoes. He loves new shoes. Sarah lied. She said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. But he said, yes, you did. You laughed. This is where I want to land. You might be thinking too, like the Shunammite woman and Sarah. It's impossible. If you said those words, you qualify in heaps. If you said it's impossible, you're number one applicant. You're at the top, ready for God to move. If you said it's impossible. You've just got to say, God, I declare and I decree, nothing's impossible for my God. With my marriage, nothing's impossible for my God. With my situation, nothing is impossible for my God. With that promise you gave me 16 years ago, but I still haven't seen it, nothing is impossible for my God. That's what you have to declare and decree. You can work with me now, band. We can tag team as we build this up prophetically. That's it. Get that moving behind me. I can feel the wave of the tide building. So my question to you, as I've been preaching today, it's already come to you. What's impossible? What have you been hanging out for? What have you been holding on for? What's God already been speaking to you about as I've been preaching? What is it? I want you to write it down. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to declare and decree a few things. And I really do want the band to work with me on this. Build it up. I want to declare and decree a couple of things over this church. And then we're going to start to declare and decree a few things just ourselves. And then we're going to close the meeting in worship. Amen. Crank it up a bit, guys. First thing I want to declare and decree over this church this time next year, there will be a restoration of finances. Finances. This time next year, there will be the divine evidence of financial restoration. Finances that were lost, stolen, taken by wrongful means. Someone took finances by wrongful means. God is going to restore and just say, nothing is impossible for God. This is your bit. Say after me, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible. What we are doing right now is aligning our faith, our speech and our vision with God. Not man, but with God. There's going to be a restoration. The Lord has activated this day in heaven, a divine assignment of restoration over your finances. This assignment starts right now upon the activation of these words and faith and declaration. So be it, Lord. Do it, do it. There's going to be a restoration of marriages. This time next year, there will be the divine evidence and celebration at the birthing of a restored marriage. God has heard your cry and a divine assignment and a decree from heaven has been issued. This time next year, marriages like you've never seen before. You're going to enjoy it, embrace it, live it. We're lining up with heaven. There's going to be mental and emotional health. I decree it right now. God said, I have created you and made you with a powerful mind. 
this time next year, there will be the sound of laughter, joy, strength, knowing that my mind and my emotions have been restored back to a divine order. God is saying, I want to show you and bless you so that you know I have the power to rewire your mind and your thoughts. I can bring an end to an emotional whirlwind and I desire to bring an end to mental distress and illness. This time next year, my heart's desire is for you to experience a peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Say, so be it, Lord, so be it. According to your word, nothing is impossible for my God. Nothing. Right now, in these closing moments, this is your time to speak, declare, decree over that situation where the Holy Spirit has just reminded you. You've wrote it down. You've been thinking. The first thing I want you to do is say, Lord, I'm going to walk through the doorway. I'm going to walk through the doorway. I'm going to walk through the doorway. I am not going to stand halfway. I am not going to compromise anymore. You have called me and you've called me and you're calling me again. And God, I'm at the doorway. But right now, as Pastor Mark is speaking, by faith, I'm walking through. I'm walking through. I'm walking through. I'm trusting your word once more. I'm trusting your heart once more. I'm trusting your hands once more. And God... I bring, I bring this dream to you. God, in my mind, I can see where someone has actually, you know, when you put linen away, when you haven't used for a while, you pack it in a box and you put it out in a spare room. And it's just linen that you'll probably never get to again. And I see someone going in and they're sorting, they're sorting. And uh, here it is. Here's the box. And you bring it out. Here's the box. And God's saying, open it up. Open it up. And you open it again. He says, now bring it out. Bring out this dream. Bring out this hope. Bring out this word I spoke over your life, this promise I gave you, because right now I want to move, I want to move, I want to move, and just where you are right now, just where you are, just say, Lord, I bring this promise back to you, I bring this passion back to you, I bring this dream, I bring this hope back to you, Lord, you know my heart. And in this season of revival, would you revive my heart right now? Would you revive my heart enough to believe? Lord, by every day I'm going to walk out of here today, but I'm going to change my speech. No longer am I going to say, no, that's too, impo- that's too hard for God. I'm going to change my speech. I'm going to change my language. I'm going to change the way I look at things. I'm no longer going to look at that and say it's impossible. I'm going to lift my eyes upward and say, God is possible. God is faithful. God is a loving God. God can do it. God is able. God is able to do it. And so, Father, I'm going to do that. And over the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm going to watch my speech. I'm going to watch my vision. And I'm going to watch my language. But more than that, I'm going to watch you move. 
This week, this week was an amazing week. Since we've sensed God up to something, Belinda, Belinda and I, we catch up and during the week as she's working, every day, every day, there would be a miracle. And Belle said, Pastor Mark, every day, Every day he's doing this. Every day he's doing this. There's another miracle. And you know the best part? We had nothing to do with it. All we did was pray and trust God. We said, God, we know you're up to something right now. And we just prayed and trusted God. And we're, but, it was, it was, but our prayer and trust is not something silly or light. It's no, you're asking us to rest in you we're making room for you. You're asking us to rest in you. And we're, you're asking us just to lift it to say, God, you move on that area now. You move on that area now. I trust you. There's a next level of faith coming in. So it's been an amazing week. What I want to do as we close, I'm a big one for actions. Abraham leaves, so he got up and moved. Peter come, Peter dropped the net and moved. And I like taking little steps of faith. And I don't know where you are this morning, but we're going to hop up and we're going to stand and we're going to come in and sing this beautiful song as we close. But I want you, if God's stirring, I want you to take a step through the doorway. And what that simply means for you is wherever you are, you want to step outside, just step outside the aisle and just walk down here. Just step and say, God, I'm walking. I knelt this morning. The Holy Spirit said, would you kneel for me? I said, of course I'll kneel for you, Lord. Kneel for me now. It was a simple thing. Didn't mean anything I thought, but it was obedience to His voice. And so while it's just stand as we close right now, and while we're closing, we're about to worship. If, if there's something you want to do, it's a little activation of going, I'm not going to be like the Shunammite woman and say, no, 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 I'm going to stand. But God, I'm going to take your voice once more. I'm going to sense your presence once more. And I'm going to step out and step up. And I'm going to do this by faith. You're seeing me now, God. You're seeing me move. And I'm moving towards you. I'm moving through that doorway over this situation, over this promise, over this thing of my life. And I'm moving. Moving forward for you. You come this morning in Jesus' name as God is moving you. You come. Let's worship. That's right, that's right, as God's speaking. You're activating faith. You're stepping forward. God is just moving. You come, you come, you come. You come, make room for God, make room for God. God, I'm stepping out, I'm stepping for you. Lord, send in now a move of your Father, 
you're God. I can trust you. I sense you're up to something new. I sense you're doing something fresh in my life. God, you're doing it. There's a freshness. There's something happening, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Let's fill this room with his praise. God's doing something. Sing it. Child, breathe, Holy Spirit, breathe, breathe, breathe. 
Father, we've come to your word. We've attended to your word. We've listened to your word. We've lent into your word. Now, Lord, we're giving it back to you and we're saying, God, we've heard you and we trust you and we're bringing it back right now. Pastor Mark, I just want to get my, the first move I want to make, Pastor Mark, is to get my life right back with God, get back in a right relationship with Him. Just before I close, I don't want to miss this. Is there someone here, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, is there someone here? All you have to do is quickly put your hand up, let me see it, and I'll say, I'll pray for you. Is there someone here just across the auditorium? Is there someone here? Just raise your hand. Just say, Pastor Mark, would you pray for me? Pray for me. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to close our service right now. And if you want to stay for coffee, I'd love to catch up with you after. But if you're at the altar and God's still doing some things and some things in your heart, the band are going to keep playing and worshiping. You stay, you stay, you linger. Let God do what he's doing. But right now we're going to dismiss the service and we look forward to seeing you next weekend. God bless you.